I am Mick. Thank you so much for talking to me or hanging out with me, I should say, as I say hello and thank you for talking to me to my next guest here. And that is one Nick Verboski. Uh, Nick, thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Hey, the pleasure's all mine. Um, Nick, I always do a thing here where I guess I, I, I don't use the Internet to look things up. Uh, I like to guess what number you wore when you played in Toledo with the Cherokee. Right. Uh, and, and I'm terrible at this. I get the older guys, for some reason, I do better with. But anybody after like about 2004 or five, it's like, forget it. My, my memory <laughs> banks go right out the window. Right. But, uh, call it short-term memory or whatever. I'm just old. But uh, I, uh, I I try to remember these things, but um, I'm going to – oh, man, this is this is tough because it's been – you're right in that, right, where it's like – oh, it's like, what, about six, seven years ago, and I'm just like, Arr! and uh, But um, I'm going to take a guess, and I'm going to say you wore uh, – mm, I'll say 17 – Close. How close? You're about five numbers off. Oh, is that all? Okay, so uh, so what, what number? What was it? <laughs> 22. 22. 22? Okay. Well, I never would have guessed that one. I, I never would have guessed that. But uh, okay. Well, fair enough. 22 it was. And, of course, you were a forward. And uh, what years did you play in Toledo? 15 and 16. Okay. So, th- so two years in my last year, I played, I just played a couple of games. I had a lot of concussion problems. So I kind of laid off my last year of juniors. Okay. Now, um, first off, you're a local guy uh, from the, you're from the area. Um, talk about how old were you when you first started, uh, when you were put on skates and what was it that got you so hooked on the game? I would say I was about three years old. My dad put me through the IP program, played for the Tim Bits, the Tim Horton guys. Oh, yeah. Honestly, what really got me hooked on hockey was just, you know, the speed of the game and, you know, being free out there. And I just love being, you know, be able to throw the puck around with other guys. And But honestly, I played goalie one game, and I really wanted to play goalie, actually. That was my that was my main main start. Like, really? IP, I was playing, yeah. Every time we went out to play games, I was like, Dad, can I play goalie today? Dad, can I play goalie today? And obviously, it was a rotation, so you couldn't just, you know, choose if you wanted to play or not. But. I remember playing goalie and IP was like one of my favorite things in the world. And it kind of brought me, brought me home. My dad would shoot pucks. I mean, the driveway and stuff like that. And I don't know, that's, that's kind of what started everything for me. But then I just stuck with forward and it took off from there. Man. Now how, how long, I mean, did you play after Timbits? Did you get to play goalie ever again? Or did <laughs> no. you stick with forward? Uh. No, my, no, my dad said it was too expensive to play goalie. So you know, obviously <laughs> hockey's already too expensive, but uh, it's a pretty expensive sport. But obviously I go into it. You're at another, who knows, 14, 1500 bucks on a gear after that, after the fact. So, and, and never mind the fact that you're going to grow physically. Yeah. So you're going to, I mean, ooh. spend a lot of money. Yeah. I mean, exactly. player equipment's expensive, but goalie equipment's uh, another element. I was going to say, that's a whole different level, buddy. That's a whole different level of expensive, but, uh, I, I, you know, I mean, and plus you, you got to be a little bit crazy to be a goalie. I mean, it, goaltenders are like field goal kickers in football. They're, they're a little, they're a little out there, a little eccentric. Different breed. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah. Yep. So uh, growing up, uh, who are your, who are the players that you looked up to and, uh, and who was your team growing up? 
it was the Red Wings, and uh, I always grew up watching Thomas Holmstrom because he kind of fit my play style. Um, a little bigger guy, uh, wasn't the fastest guy on the ice, but you know could get in front of the net and um, you know deflect pucks and that kind of stuff. So he was always the guy I looked up to. I always say everybody liked Darren McCarty because he fought, and you know those two guys were just kind of my idols. I have pictures of both their stalls when they're at Joe Lewis. Okay, now when you um... Looking at uh, what you were doing as far as, you know, growing up uh, through the ranks, where did you play? Did you play uh, house or did you do, how old were you when you, and then how old were you when you started travel? Just go, give me the whole gamut. Yep. I started off in house. I was about five or six when I started off in house. And then my dad, we took a trip up to Monroe and uh, started playing for the Monroe Ice Hawks and travel. So we went up, traveled to uh, Flint, um, Trenton. Lincoln Park, Allen Park, all those places, and uh, started off playing 96 there with uh, Coach Steve Pisani. Rest in, rest in peace, Steve. One of my favorite mm-hmm. men in the world. Yes. One of my favorite guys in the world. And uh, so I played with him for a year, and he took us up to the Joe Lewis to play in the States. We beat the Bay City Blizzard. I still remember that game. And uh, we won the State Michigan Championship. It was pretty cool. Um, lots of good memories with Steve. I have a lot of good stories with him. Um after that, I went to play 95 up in Monroe, 95 Mineral Ice Hawks, played against the Ice Bears, David Bogart. And then eventually I transitioned into Toledo Cherokee Hockey, which was with Bogey, Matt Alwinger, um, Jake Pollock, all those guys. Um, those are those are some fun years. We had me, Bogey, Zach Armstrong, Alwinger. We all shared the same uh, hotel room all the time on trips, called the Man Cave, and there was some uh, – Fun times up in the, in the man cave with our, all of our dads got along real well and good stories, not for the pod, but um, it's, uh, <laughs> it's there's some good times there, that's for sure. And then I played uh, I played for uh, Coach Coach Kelly Miller, and then I played for Kenny Miller for travel, pre-post, that kind of stuff before I started high school. Went up to play for St. John's, played JV for one year, played varsity for two years. Then I got into Toledo Cherokee and played two years there, took a year and a half off of hockey, and then went to UT and played two years at UT as well. So I've had a pretty long career and it was a probably the best time of my life for sure. One that's going to be kept dearly to me for a long time. Well, I mean, let's, let's break it down a little bit here. Uh, You talked about the different coaches that you played for and that was, that's obviously uh, shaped you quite a bit. And of course, you know, we, we spoke here momentarily about Steve, the late great Steve Pisani, and this guy, uh, 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 just a big, big favorite. Haven't still have yet to run into anyone that has a bad word to say about him. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, gone too soon, but still a guy who put a smile on a lot of guy, people's faces. Uh, tell me what it was like in terms of just playing for the guy. I mean, when I was, when I was about nine, 10 years old at the time. And I was, you know, I just met Dominic and Michael and, he was basically like a second dad to me. I was always over their house. We were playing laser tag in the house. Uh, he's always driving us to tournaments. Yeah, we, we did some good times at the Pisani house. And uh, so he was just a down to earth, always, you know, had the right things to say to you, always gave you compliments, gave you the criticism when you needed it. And like I said, he's like a second dad to me at the time. And just a, just a very, very good guy. You know, someone always told Dio to me. And how would one you of, say one of my favorite people I played for? Amen to that. What would you say probably uh, the, his coaching style was like? I mean, was he a guy who was uh, uh, kind of laid back, low key, or was he more of a uh, outspoken and uh, and very very vocal? 
Well, at our age, I mean, he was kind of conservative with both. I mean, he, he gave you, you know, he gave you the right tips and right, you know, the right, I guess, strategies to, to be the better players. And me, Dominic, and Michael played in the same line. So, obviously, us being like his kids, he'd always give us a little bit extra criticism because we were supposed to, you know, score the goals and stuff like that. But, like I said, he, he always had a conservative mindset. He'd give you uh, compliments when needed, and he'd give you the harshment, you know, when you did it as well. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Now, um, you know, you talked about winning uh, winning uh, the state, and that had to be pretty cool. I mean, at a young age, that young of an age, to, to have a championship under your belt already, uh, what was that like? Tell me about that experience. Well, at the time, I mean, I didn't really – I couldn't really put my – wrap my brain around it because I didn't really know what it meant at the time. I was still pretty young. But when you look back on it and see all the pictures and the banners that were up in the ice hockey arena and stuff like that, it's, it, it you know, means a lot. You know, it's not many kids at the win state championships. So to win something like that at such a young age and kind of, you know, boost your career already in that way and standpoint is, is such a good feeling to think about once, you know, you're 15, 16, 17, and you're getting into those ages where, you know, state championships mean a lot and they get you places and get you looked at, that kind of stuff. So now uh, you said you also played for Kelly. Uh, uh, Kelly Miller and Kelly talk about what that was like playing with Kelly for Kelly. Cause Kelly's a pretty <laughs> intense guy. <laughs> Kelly, Kelly's an intense guy, but, uh, you know, I played for him for, with him and Billy and, uh, for the Cherokee a little bit for pre-post. And then he came back over and playing for Kelly back then was a little scary. Cause you know, you're 14 year old kid. You're like, wow, this guy's, you know, crazy. But then like you look back on it, it's like this guy, you know, he, he has the heart to be a coach. He wants you to be better. He wants you to have get the best team, that kind of, that kind of aspect of it. And I kind of, I appreciate it more now because he came back and helped coach us at UT last year about the last half of the season. And he, he helped, he helped get the, you know, kids in the right mindset. He never let kids slack and him and coach Bose and Kyle measles and Trago and all those guys did a really good job to kind of, you know, keep the morale in the locker room really well. So Kelly Miller was a good guy to play for. And he's one of my favorite coaches of all time. Now, you know, the other thing too, is it's, it's interesting. The, uh, the, I don't want to say pipeline, but the, the connection between the Cherokee and the university of Toledo, not just because of, um, not just because of the fact that some of our guys have gone on to play there that went to school at UT, but also the fact that, uh, you know, the coaching staff there has, you know, Cherokee alumni has, uh, guys that have coached. Uh, like in Kelly's case, coaching with the Cherokee organization. Uh, you've got Troy Bowes, who, uh, Bowes, I remember when he was a defenseman uh, playing defense for the Cherokee back in uh, the early 2000s, uh, 2003, I believe. And just, uh, you know, it's like, it's a small, it's a small community. It's a small world when you go back and you look at this stuff. And then here come guys like you uh, that come along and play, uh, you know, or the Pisanis or whoever, you know, that, uh, come along and play for the Rockets. And uh, it's it's got to have a um, – I don't want to say you have, like, any kind of advantage because you don't because they'll bust your chops if you're slacking. But oh, yeah. you, you, you've got you've got a um, – I don't know. I guess it takes a little bit of the – especially at the beginning when you first come to the squad. Uh, it's got to be nice to have that someone who has the familiarity of being with your prior team. So that way, when you walk in through that door, they kind of, they understand what they're getting when they get you there. Talk about that right. a little bit. Yeah. I mean, the best is a tight knit community. And I feel like everybody at some point plays for 
Cherokee, if not, you know, they're playing for teams that you've played for in the past. And um, Thank you. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, and those, uh, you know, those connections that you have, like I said, the Bassanis too, was, was a good connection for me because when I was going into, the, into uh, UT, they were going out. They were being there done with hockey, and they kind of mm-hmm. gave me the, the route and how things were going there. And I, my first year was under Bob Belzer at, at UT. And that was a transition from Division Two club hockey to Division One club hockey. So it was kind of a transition phase where nobody knew what to expect in the Division One right away. So, um, I mean, it kind of it, it stunk that those guys were leaving when I was there because Pisanis are always close to me and I always played hockey with them, that kind of stuff. And um, But guys like Tristan Snyder came in and played at UT my first year there. Obviously, Ian Rapp was there, um, the Felsers, all those guys. And, you know, they, let, they helped me with open arms, let me in and – First year was a little rough. I didn't get many points. I think I finished with 15 for mm-hmm. the, for the Rockets, and then my last year, I think it was my best year of hockey. I finished with 50 points. So, wow. it was a, it was a good year. And like I said, th- those connections you have from the Cherokee to UT to you know even even guys when I played for St. John's and St. Francis, those guys were all tight with me too. And it's just a tight community here. So it's always a competition, and that's the best way to look at it. You know, so Nick, let me ask you. Um, Let's get back to uh, when you played for the Cherokee. Um, coming in at you, uh, moving from basically moving from Cali to uh, Canny is essentially what you did. And what was that like? Was there any, um, like, I don't know, I guess, uh, was there any like thought to playing somewhere else? Or did you know after high school you were definitely going to, you had your heart set on playing for TC? I have my heart, you know, Kenny reached out to me and Kenny's always been one of, one of the dearest people to my heart too. Um, he was always good to me. He, he took over in my eighth grade year as well. When, when, uh, Kelly couldn't coach anymore and Kenny was always a good guy to me. He always pointed the right directions. He always, you know, gave me the best tips and I wasn't the most skilled player, the fastest player. Um, but he always, he always put his trust in me to go out there and play. And so as soon as he called me after my senior year of high school, it was a no brainer for me to come play for the Cherokee. And, um, I, I can tell you right now that those are probably my two favorite years of my life. I was playing with the Cherokee for juniors, just the, the, the bond you build with those guys. And um, it's a lot of guys I played with my whole life in Cherokee, honestly. So most of those guys I played with were there. And yeah. Ken, Kenny, Kenny is the building block of that. And Kenny, Kenny liked our group. We were a tight knit group. And um, I, I have plenty of good things to say about Kenny. Like, there's just, there's no words for, you know, everything he did for me. And like I said, I was, I was playing hockey at about 260 pounds back then. I was a big boy. I was playing forward. So he put his trust in me. He always put me in the lineup and, you know, I just lost the weight at the wrong time. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, of course, the other thing too is, I mean, you know, when you're, uh, you know, we'll, we'll we'll get to that here in a little bit uh, about the, with the concussions and everything in your second year. But uh, tell me what it was like that first year when you went to tryouts. Uh, Was it intimidating walking into that locker room or was it uh, just um, was it was were you nervous or I mean what what went through your mind when you walked in there the first time? I would say I was definitely nervous just because it was going from high school hockey to junior hockey. It's a pretty big transition, a big step. Um, but obviously, I knew most of the guys that were there playing. You know, I knew I knew the I knew uh, Bogey Turner, um, Brody Duncan. I knew all those guys that were already playing there. They played there for years and years already. And like I said, they welcomed me with open arms too. They always they gave me tippers and. Um, but I'd say it was definitely intimidating going into my first my first junior tryout, and it's one of it's one of those things where you're just like, wow, this is a lot different than what you're used to. You know? What was the biggest What was the biggest uh, adjustment you had to make when it came to 
uh, high school versus junior hockey? Speed by far, you know, making quicker decisions. You didn't have that time to sit there for three or four seconds and make a pass. And if you did that, you're getting blown up in juniors for sure. Learned that my first game. Um, but I, speed's definitely the biggest, was the biggest transition for me. Also, the 20-minute period was different, too. Going from playing 15-minute periods of 20 is like, the extra 15 minutes, it's, it's a killer when you're big boy. So, um, it, was definitely a, it was definitely a transition for me to get used to as a speed. Okay, and how about the physicality? Was that also a bit of a, bit of a challenge? No, not for me because I was always a big hitter. So, my, that was my biggest thing to, in high school and right before high school was hitting. So, I, the hitting didn't bother me. Um, so, the physicality standpoint, I liked it personally. I, I didn't wear the. I wore a cage though, so I wouldn't fight anybody if I hit somebody hard. So um, I kept myself safe with that. Very good. Now, uh, you know, uh, do you remember your first game for the Cherokee in, in juniors? I think it was a scrimmage against the West Michigan Wolves, if I recall correctly, and it was at the Ice House. Okay. And uh, do you remember who you played with? Uh, in the, how about in the regular season? Who were your line mates? My first year, oh, I do not recall that. Okay. Do you remember your I, first goal? I played I played fourth line, so my first goal, yes, it was an empty netter. <laughs> <laughs> it was an empty netter versus Cincinnati, uh, Cincinnati Swords. Oh, that is funny. You know, and it's funny because that's the third. That's the third team in Cincinnati. That uh, third na- differently named team. Because prior to that, they were the Cincinnati Steam. Prior to that, they were the Cincinnati Cobras. And uh, yep. I think you know, I remember the Queen City Steam. Or Queen City yeah, Steam, right? Yep, exactly. Queen City Steam. They play. They play. But I give them credit. They played out at uh, that Sportsplex Plus. Yeah, with all the glass around it with the mirrors. Yep. Oh, yep. God, uh, I hated that. I hated that place. Uh, see, it didn't bother me that much because they, they had – well, most of the parents loved it because they had those little restaurants in there that sold beer. So okay, most, that makes sense. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, there was a pizza place in there. There was all kinds of different stuff in there. But the place where the Cobra, uh, where the Cobras played, where they first played, uh, Northlands, oh, my gosh, that place was a dive. I mean, yeah. that place has been condemned. I mean, I've, I've – it was it, – it made – Oh my gosh! I can't even begin to tell you how bad it was. I mean, they had I did I was I talked about this in other podcasts, but it's true. I did play by play in there from a picnic table at rinkside, and I and they didn't have locker rooms. They had oh. a couple of uh, they had a, 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 a what do you call it? a laundry string, oh, yeah. and, they, and they hung a couple sheets over them. And you went behind them there. That was the locker room for it. Sounds visiting. like junior hockey. <laughs> yep. Sounds yep. like old school junior hockey right there. Yeah, it was. Let me tell you. And it, but it wasn't that long ago. But uh, it, I mean, they did all that kind of stuff back then. And, and, and Cincinnati came a long way. Um, but uh, yeah, so it was an empty netter. Uh, let's see. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. That's that's <laughs> funny. But uh, I got the puck hey. still hanging up in my room. Dude, they don't ask you how you score them. There you go. So, you know, they don't ask you how. They just ask how many. So, now, uh, playing in that first season, uh, uh, the, did you see uh, a, a leadership role at all? Or was it just you just followed the what the vets were doing and tried to do what they were doing? 
Slowest bottom of vets, in my opinion. And Bogey was the captain. Bogey was a great captain. Um, like I said, he was my roomie back in 95 days. And um, Z-Bob, Tyler Zalecki is what we called him, Z-Bob, and uh, Brody Duncan. Brody Duncan had a different way of showing it, but he, he always was had your back and always was willing to fight somebody if they were you know, messing with other teammates, stuff like that. And Brody's one of those guys you hate to play against, but you love to have on your team. That's for sure. No question about it. Well, of course, you got to remember, too, uh, uh, Bogart was uh, – uh, football player you know yep. he's a football player playing hockey so i mean i mean i watched him a couple times play for northwood and holy cow that that dude he man he, some shoulders on him let me tell you i, I always boy. wondered if, I, I always wondered if those of those were shoulder pads in under his hockey jersey or were those just his shoulders <laughs> you never could tell yeah <laughs> was, he, was, he was always a big boy and uh, i remember playing growing up against him playing but the ice diggers he was the one kid I was scared to play against because he'd go out there and he'd have his little his cage would be above his chin because it's so big, so his <laughs> chin would be sticking out of his out of his cage. And I just never want to go by him. I was like, I don't want nothing to do with that guy. <laughs> that may, that's yeah, you're a smart man. You're a smart young man. So uh, so Nick, let me let's uh, talk about uh, that first season. It was tough, but uh, you know you saw the veterans and stuff. Uh, some of the veterans move on. So you go into the second, you're going to transition into the second season. And I mean, I would think you would probably go in there thinking that you're, you're probably going to have a, uh, a different role maybe on, on the team as far as what you're going to do, how you're going to play a leadership role. I didn't expect a leadership role in my second year at all. Um, it was more so just getting more molded to the junior junior lifestyle play. And um, I was, you know, trying to get faster and trying to, you know, get a bigger role in the team, obviously, and score more goals. And because I was never a goal scorer. So I wanted to, you know, try to, try to take on a new role and, you know, score more goals. And tried to, I got more points my second year and um, moved up from fourth line to third line and played a lot more, played a lot, a lot of PK um stuff like that but i wasn't expecting any type of leadership role by any means okay so um what as far as uh, so what ended up happening prior to the injury uh line mates change uh your uh playing time any of that kind of stuff change at all or so when the injury happened it was actually one night we were short on defensemen i forgot what happened Just a couple guys got dq'd or something like that so Kenny put me back on D just for that game again. It was against Wooster. And I remember went behind the net to get a puck. And this guy, his last name was Watts. Everyone, everyone knows who Watts is. Everyone's, everyone always gave me crap yeah. for it. Um, we both just were coming the same direction. He was going a lot faster than me. He's a lot bigger than me. I knocked him over, but he also separated my shoulder completely and uh, gave me a nice concussion. So, Ouch. And that was like my second, that was my second big concussion. So at that point I was kind of like, you know, maybe I need to chaw on hockey a little bit. And cause I mean, I might've had concussions before that. I didn't even know I had. So, um, I think I played in the end of the season. I think we went to the playoffs. I played in the playoffs, but after that was over, I mean, that was kind of it for me for a while. Um, I seem to get back to my, you know, my better mental state and stuff like that. Cause the concussion kind of takes a mental toll on you too. Oh yeah. I have no doubt. Um, now, uh, so, how long were you? How long did you uh, did you play? I mean, any at all in that in that uh, last season with the Cherokee? My second season. Yeah. 
Yeah, I played. I played the end of the year. I think I was out for six weeks. I think for the concussion in my shoulder. Um, I played. I think I played for playoffs. I remember, I remember playing playoffs. I played playoffs, and yeah, that was it. I mean, I played. I think I played the last two weekends of the season, and plus playoffs. Mm-hmm. Now, so did I, you go ahead? I had to make sure uh, or Doc had to clear me too. So. Dr. Yeah, Hoffman from the, from the Cherokee, so I'd make sure he yeah. cleared me and stuff like that. And I want to make sure I was back to my correct self before I'm back and played again, so. Okay. Now, uh, what did, I mean, did you spend a lot of time at the rink while you were off? I mean, or did you, what, what did you do while, just to kind of, I guess, uh, fill up the time since you were on the shelf? Well, a lot of my time was spent in my, in my room. It was dark, dark room and, uh, at that point, I was I was taking classes too in school, and I couldn't even you know focus on my schoolwork really because my head hurt so bad. Um, it's getting dizzy in the classroom, stuff like that. So I had to take a break. For, I had to take that semester off of school just because of that reason, and because I, I want I didn't want my my grades to tank or anything like that. And um, so I spent, like I said, six weeks on the shelf. I went to the rink a few times during practices, but most of the times I just go to games and I travel with them too. But I want to make sure I was still around that atmosphere because that's what kind of keeps your mental state in check when you're around those guys and stuff like that. Yeah, I was going to say that, that kind of gives you the, uh, makes you feel like you're still part of things. Right. You know? And that's, that's the biggest part, especially when you're at home all day sitting in a dark room. It's like, this sucks, you know. Um, yeah. But it, it's the right thing to do. You don't want to screw your brain up anymore, especially when you're that young and hockey's not your calling, especially. You want to make sure you're, you know, you're set for life after that. Yep. Yep. You got a life afterwards to tend to. So now, um, when, uh, when you would go on the road, uh, either first or second year, um, how, how, uh, how wacky was it? Was there a lot of, a lot of pranks being played or anything like that? Uh, we would do a couple of things. Um, there's this thing called shoe check or shoe shine. And, uh, basically what you do is everyone's at the table and it was take a, I'll take a piece of ketchup or a ketchup packet. You put on someone's shoe mm-hmm. and whoever says shoe check, you know, the guys look up, everyone checks their shoes. If you got a squirt of ketchup on your shoe. You're doing karaoke in front of the whole diner, wherever you're sitting at. Oh gosh! So shoe check was always fun. Um, I don't recall many. I don't recall who did it. I know we got Jimmy Howell one time. I think we we're at Hard Rock, is in Minnesota, actually. I believe. I think mm-hmm. that's where it was. Um, but other than that, I mean, we didn't do too many crazy things in the road, just because. I mean, obviously we had business to take care of on the weekends, and I mean, I'm sure there was a couple funny pranks we played, and but I think those the shoe check and stuff like that was always the most fun to do, and. Um, that's, I mean, that's really, I mean, when you're on, when you're on the road trip, especially when you're going to like Pittsburgh or we went to New York a couple of times, we're only, only there for one night usually. So, and obviously we'd play a seven o'clock game on a Friday and then we go turn around and play probably a noon game on Saturday. So we wouldn't have much time to screw on in between and bus rides are always fun though. Bus rides always had a good time and did rookie talent shows, stuff like that. And what was that time. like when, what did you have to do uh, as part of being a rookie in your rookie year for rookie talent show? So we went to beat up and uh, all the rookies that dress up like girls. So what, <laughs> what, what, what is it with uh, hockey, hockey players fascination with seeing rookies dress as girls? I don't, okay. I don't get it either, but yeah. uh, I, I went with, uh, I have a picture of it still. It was, with, it was with Dominic and I had dark leggings on and like a pink like shirt. Um, it's embarrassing, but it, you know, every rookie's got to do it. It's still a fun time, no matter what, you know, people oh, you yeah. walk in, people are looking at you like, wow, what are these kids doing? It's like, welcome to the world of hockey. Either, I was going <laughs> to say either that or either that, or are they a pledge to the local, 
local school. It's one or the other. Exactly. But, yeah, uh, rookie, rookie, being a rookie is not very fun, you know, but everyone has to experience it. I was a rookie twice with Cherokee and with, with UT. So you're standing after picking up pucks, you're filling water bottles, you're doing all the stuff that nobody wants to do, basically. Yeah. So oh, but you have to a, go through it and it yeah. feels good. It feels good not being a rookie anymore, though. That's <laughs> yeah, that's true. So uh, now um, did were there, I mean, there are other eras where, I mean, they would do the things like, uh, we always would talk about leaners. Leaners were probably the most popular thing to do back earlier in the back in the day. Uh, that's where you take a bucket full of water, lean it against the uh, hotel room door, and then knock and then run. Uh, <laughs> that way, when they open the door, splash. You yeah. Know, stuff so like we, I never, I never heard of that one. That's funny though. That's good stuff. Yeah, that's. I mean, they would do that. Uh, so we had one time. Uh, I can't ever give give up the person because people would know who it was. Uh, that did a leaner. I think we were in uh, Flint or were we in Pittsburgh? I can't remember where. Anyway, we uh, we were staying in a nice uh, nice motel, and uh, they had in the rooms back then they had glass uh, drinking glasses. They didn't have the right. plastic cups. So <clears throat> we took a bunch of uh, the this other person took a bunch of uh, drinking glasses from different rooms, and he filled each of them and stacked them up against the door right and instead of knocking and running left it there so that way that when the uh the team was coming down to breakfast first time they opened the door bam yep Yep. bam so that's good stuff yep and then of course you know you get the usual stuff like uh taping your skate blades in the locker room you know that's happened to me before and it happens everybody at some point you know and I remember one time at the, when they were playing with the Cherokee, someone took uh, Brody's skate blades out, out of his skates. Like, they just clicked them out. He went, oh. and went to get on for practice, and he just bit it. That oh. was a good one. That was a good one. Ow. But I always got to the point where I'd come to the rink every day, and I'd check my, my glove to make sure there's not a water sitting in my glove or my knee pads, or i check my skates for clear tape. You always got to be conscious of it because you never know. I was going to say, how frequent were the, were the, were the uh, pranking you guys? It was a lot in the locker room, especially before practice. Never before games, though. Um, but we, I, I got to the point where I was checking myself every day just to make sure because I remember for one time I did, it was my second day in the locker room. I went to go get my, my knee pad off the off the stall and whew, dumped the water, came right down on my head just for my knee pad. Holy smokes. Never so, made that mistake again. Very smart. Very smart. Uh, so, But uh, who are usually the guys that would do that stuff? Do you, do you remember? I mean, we. Enough, That's the thing. Enough, enough I don't time. even know. <laughs> really? I don't even know at this point. Yeah, because I I'd get to the rink about twenty minutes before practice started. So, you know, before that, I mean, cause I always came from work, so I was always a little bit later. But I would never know. Nobody ever knew. So, huh. um, I I would peg Turner as one of the guys for sure. But I can't. I have no. I have no evidence to prove that. But I'd always peg Turner to be one of those guys. But other than that, like I said, it's—I don't—I I couldn't even tell you because it's always so hush hush. Like people, people are good about keeping secrets about it. So, oh, that's that's the brotherhood for you, you know, always loyal. Oh yeah. But um, so now, when you went to, uh, trying to think here, when you went to uh, playoffs, uh, did you see did you see more ice time, less ice time because of the concussion prior? And the shoulder, uh, did you get to see more 
more things I mean, in terms of playing time? It was pretty steady. Um, obviously, I knew my position, my role on that team. It wasn't a goal scorer. It wasn't, you know, clutch time performances, stuff like that. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, but, I mean, I, I saw a steady, steady play still. I played on the uh, PK. and um, But, you know, I was never a guy to complain about ice time. I, if, if my shoulder got tapped, I was going. So, well, uh, when when you fit when you finished playing at the Cherokee, did you feel like maybe just maybe uh, your your playing career might be over as far as playing competitive hockey? I thought it was, and uh, it was a year after I played Cherokee. Actually, um, I took a year off. I, I kept skating. I was skating pretty much every day. I was doing drop in. I was playing men's league. I played adult uh, beer league, which was really fun and. Um, I, at that point is where I started losing weight. And, um, but I, that third year right after Cherokee, Kenny reached out to me a few times and I played a couple weekends for them when they needed guys. And I played in a Pittsburgh trip with them. I believe I played in a against Metro maybe. Um, and I was like, you know what? I'm not, you know, I'm not ready to be done playing hockey. And, uh, obviously I didn't play the rest of that year because I, I wasn't going to come in and change the whole ordeal for that team or anything like that. And, but I kept skating. I kept playing for that men's league. I played all year long there and, uh, Bob Felser reached out to me. Um, so I kind of, I kind of went, I transferred to UT once I got done with Owens and I was like, you know what, I'm going to see if I can you know, go play for the, for UT. I knew all the guys that played there and I really wanted to play again and <clears throat> went to tryouts and made the team there. And, uh, yeah, I thought my, I thought my playing career was done at that one point when I was like, I don't want another concussion, none of that stuff, but it gets to the point where it's a huge void in your heart. It's like, wow, this is, you know, it's real. I'm done playing my, you know, competitive hockey. And I was like, I have an opportunity here to play again. Um, let's see where it takes me and that kind of good stuff. And, uh, yeah, I mean, at that point I knew I just want to play again and I lost, I ended up losing about 80 pounds total. So I was about, I was about wow. a one nine, I was at a one ninety range. I was at, sitting at a good, healthy, healthy, healthy weight. And I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm faster now. I got better hands. I, all those drop-ins and <laughs> drop-ins, drop-ins where you go to get, you know, gain confidence. And, um, I, I had a whole new head on my shoulders, mindset, new confidence in, in hockey after that. And, I kind of had that goal score mindset where I kind of shied away from, you know, the hitting aspect of it, obviously, because I was, a, you know, had my concussions and my shoulder and that kind of stuff and um, gave it a shot. And it worked out for me, you know, but like I said, the first year I was a little, a little lower on the totem pole for UT. Um, there's some good players there. And uh, I think I ended up with, I want to say I was like 19 points, maybe my first year. Um mm-hmm. But the D1, D1 club is very competitive. It's very good hockey. Obviously, there's some teams that are still lower on the total pool as far as skill that we play. But teams and second year is where I took on a whole new role. Um, Troy Bowes came in to be coach, and um, he named me assistant captain, which is, which is one of the biggest accomplishments of my life because I've never been a captain for any team before. Um, so I kind of took that leadership role and ran with it. Um, I always want to lead by example and I came into locker room every day with a, you know, good head on my shoulders. And, um, I played with, I played with Ian Rapp, who I played with all pretty much a long way in my career too. I played Cherokee, St. John's and then UT with him. And, uh, he's one of my better, better buddies for sure. And, um, it was me, him and Josh Kobach at first. And then Garrett Meyer took over on the first line spot and Kobach moved back to D cause he's a really good defenseman. And our, that line we had, we had really good chemistry, um, so we all ended up with the, I ended up with 50 points. I think Rap had about 77, and Garrett ended up with about I think 40. So we had a good line. Um, yeah, so that's one of my more fun years of hockey, just because I knew I had a, a higher role on the team where I was, you know, 
you know, bent on for scoring. People, you know, they needed me to score. They needed Rap to score. They needed Garrett to score. And I just wanted to, you know, leave UT's program with a, you know, prime example, like, hey, like, I had a pretty good story where I was never a goal scorer, never a skill guy. And I ended up being that guy the last year for my career. And that's something I hold dear to my heart just because I was never that guy. And um, it's a really fun year in general for me. That's something I'll never forget. Well, how about what, uh, your shoulder? How did, I mean, were you able to take the impact pretty good? I mean, did it uh, really, any issues arise because of your shoulder or were you able to handle it pretty good? Well, my shoulder is all, my shoulder is still messed up. I mean, I can, you can I'm, they can't see it, but you can see it here. There's a nice little bump there. Oh yeah. Holy um, cow. But I built a lot of muscle around it. I really worked on that with that shoulder. I worked with somebody over the summer prior to UT and built my shoulder muscle up pretty good. And, um, I never had any direct impacts with it. I mean, the only time I can really, it affects me now is I'm lifting weights, which I can hear it and clicking and stuff like that, but never affecting with hockey and, uh, like I said, man, I mean, the last two years were good. I never had – I think I had I had a small concussion my first year. But my my senior year, I had no, no issues injury-wise. Well, well, let's put it this way. Probably in about another 20 years, you'll be able to tell the weather better than any meteorologist. So uh, my, <laughs> body's still, <laughs> my body is still beat up from hockey, though, that's for sure. Um, so my, I'm going to say I'm, I'm, I'm still younger, but my knees are kind of you – know, they're, they're not shot, but they, I hear them cracking a lot and stuff like that. So – um, but that's just kind of the aspect of it, you know. Hockey built hockey built me a nice strong core. That's you know, it's something that's going to be nice for me going moving on. Like I always tell my girlfriend, you know, I have these giant huge legs. I can't ever fit in jeans, anything like that. So, so you wear sweats all the time? <laughs> no, I I had this conversation with her today. It's like I can never find jeans that fit me correctly, you know. And um, just because of my, I have a. a big big large thighs and i have smaller calves it's just how hockey players are built you know yeah um that's funny so now um now are you a bit are you a fashionista are you like uh you a guy that likes to dress a modern style or whatever i mean i'd like to but it's not something that's like i I stride myself in still the same guy that just wear joggers and a sweatshirt typically whenever you can um yeah that's not all bad um, but now, no, no, it's just, well, some guys are like that. They are, they, they, we all got quirks, you know, some guys are, are real, um, I don't know, I guess for, uh, they're, uh, compulsive, you know, they can be, uh, ACD or anything like that. Uh, you've got other guys that, uh, that, you know, I mean, they, they, they have a lot of superstitions. I mean, when you played, did you have any superstitions hockey wise? Tape my stick before every game. That was it. Never had anything crazy. Um, I used to. I, I used to. When I started, I started listening to juniors before every game, and I transferred into UT as to as, as well. Always have pasta before the game. Health is my big thing. Pasta and a diet sprite. Pasta and a diet sprite. Weird thing, oh. right? Well, like I said, we all have our quirks. So yeah. But- um, as I said, my, my senior, junior, senior year for UT, I always went to Piata before the game. Oh, okay. Well, that's not bad. So Piata was that, my spot. And I'd say that's my superstition was literally just pasta, a diet Sprite, and then tape my soup for every game. Now, why diet Sprite? I mean, with, are, no reason? Or you just like, you just like the for, diet Sprite? <laughs> I don't know. The first time I, I did that whole superstition, I started it was with the diet Sprite. So I never changed it up after that. My first game I did that, I, I had uh, two goals that game. It was against the Vengeance, I think. And after that, I just ran with it. I didn't score many goals after that. But um, 
just in case. Yeah, just in case, you know, I rolled with it over in the UT and I said, obviously last year it worked out for me. I mean, I finished with 22 goals or something like that. 22 goals, 28 assists, something like that. So, um, yeah, I don't know. That was my superstition. It was super weird, but everyone's got, I mean, I've seen some goalies with some weird, more weird superstitions than me. So. All right. Well then, Hey, Hey, that's what we're here for. Fess up. You don't have to name names if you don't want to, but what was the weird, what was the weirdest uh, superstitions you've ever seen? Other than oh. you. Um, one of the guys I played with back in the day would always – the goalie would literally put on his pads first. He'd make sure he squeezed his pants over top of his pads somehow. So it took him like an extra three minutes. And then, I don't know, that was just the weirdest thing to me. Like, why? It doesn't make any sense. Because he it took him like three minutes to pull his pants over his – literally his pads. So huh. that was really weird to me. And then uh, one guy right. would always um, tape his, his – uh, Oh, why we had we had our black, we had black socks. He'd always tape his socks with black tape, like like stick tape. So I don't know. That was interesting to me. Like we all, we got clear tape for free, and he'd use he literally used black tape. That okay? Um, <laughs> it's just man. just strange. I don't know. It, it, it's not it might not be weird to other people, but that's just weird to me. Well, that's that's hockey people for you. We're our own breed. Um, that's that's very unusual, but. Uh, you know, hey, that's what makes life interesting. Um, so, I mean, man, I, I'm still getting, I'm still trying to process the whole diet sprite thing, but okay. Uh, <laughs> it's weird. I know it's weird to me. It's it's weird to me too, but it, you know, it worked for me, and that's that's something I was like, I'm just gonna roll with it, man. It didn't affect my my on ice play. It never never gave me cramps, anything like that. So now, okay, now y- yes or no? Be honest. Uh, do you uh, do you ever still drink a diet sprite? Occasionally, I'm more of like a diet Mountain Dew guy. Okay, but, I, don't that. Uh, I I stopped that as soon as I started. I stopped playing hockey. So at UT, was just I was done with diet sprite. I kind of I grew up in a in a soda family, so. Um, uh, you grew up in a soda family. You said, uh, "What was your drink of choice back when you were growing up?" Were you, uh, what I, I should I should let you answer that one. Go for it. Definitely a Coke. Yep, same here. How's uh, the Coke? You know, Coke's good. Um, I try to stay away from regular pop as much as I can now. Um, obviously, the pandemic. I, I always, use, I don't want to use it as an excuse, but I put on a little bit of weight over the pandemic a little bit, and because uh, I stopped skating, stopped working out. When the, in the beginning, I kind of got that lazy mindset for a minute, but I'm getting back to it. Back down 15 pounds again. I'm looking to get, you know, get back. I want to get down to about 175, about lower than I was when I stopped playing hockey and. Uh, Getting there, so wow. Well, I'm so. I mean, the last few times I saw you, you were uh, you were a slender guy, you know. So I mean, and it's like, my gosh, it's like stop losing weight, eat something, would you? you (laughs) But that's like I got I got a I got a husky build. I'm never going to be a small skinny guy. It's never going to happen for me. I don't want that personally. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm getting back to my old ways, my old habits, and um, eating healthy and. Just got a new job and um, things are looking up, and I'm ready to, you know, ready to go. All right. Well, um, let's see here. What's well? First off, uh, what's the new job? We're at CentOS. Very good. Doing so. Sales. Wow, good for you, bud. Now, uh, um, you know, uh, what do you remember as far as um, when you were in when, in Toledo playing with the Cherokee? Uh, 
what were the thing what are the things that you remember most that you treasure most? I mean, I would just say the bond that I have with the guys. I mean, that's just something you can't break. Um, obviously, once you leave the Cherokee, you move on, you see, you, know, you kind of don't really lose connection, but you don't talk to the guys as much anymore. But as soon as you see those guys again, like I saw Bogey and Turner for the first time, and I don't know how long last year when I played against them, and the, the bond's still there. I mean, it's, it's something you can't break. Um, once you have a brotherhood with hockey guys, it's, it's not going to break. Um, you could go four or five years out talking to somebody, go back and hang out with them again, and it'd be just like old times. You know, that's that's something you always treasure as a hockey player, and something I always tell the young young kids. It's like I, I'm in that video game range too. You know, you know, kids like to play video games, and but really treasure that time you have with your teammates because that's something you will not get back once you you know you're done with hockey and trenches into the real real world. Um, that's that's me. My biggest thing I'll miss forever is just you know going to the rink every day, hanging with the guys, um, you know, having a few beers with the guys, watching uh, watching hockey. You know, just it's like a second family. That's the best way to put it. Um, mm-hmm. Starts with the coaching staff. As long as, you, you know, your coaching staff's good. And so I said I had that with every program I played in was good coaching staff. That's something I'll never complain about. Um, but I, I said, every team I played for was tight-knit. All those guys are all my good buddies still. And just something I'll never forget. Okay. Well, um, let me ask you the next obvious step for uh, a guy like you would be do you see in the future someday maybe that you might want to coach absolutely um obviously i want to get my you know feet on feet under me first and get my job and stuff like that but obviously on the road i'll have kids eventually and uh i'd like to you know get into coaching with him or her whatever it may be you never know and um and if, if that's not the case you know I, I would like to coach someday or help out you know kids that are just starting to play and grow the game a little bit more because obviously it's a smaller game in the United States, you know, something everyone wants to grow up more. Um, and it's just kind of share my passion for it. And I try to do that now as much as I can with every, every person I talk to. And remember last year as a kid out sit, sitting outside playing, he had like a mini stick in his hands. He's playing hockey in his, with a net as a small net. And um, it's like two streets down for me. And I stopped by and I gave him two of my sticks. I said, here, take this and gave him a few pucks and you know, take it as it is. If you like it, play it if you don't you don't you know but i remember when i was a kid and some guy an older guy gave me a big stick it was like wow you know this is really cool you know something that you cherish and you want it you're like i want to play now you know something like that so i'd say down the down the road for sure i want to coach and i just want to grow the game more and just share my passion for it with other you know younger kids and kind of grow the generation wow that's 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 paying it forward buddy that's uh, you you did it right you know that's that's a good thing now um you know, I mean, how you want to work mostly with kids or do you see, do you ever see yourself maybe being a junior or college coach maybe someday? Maybe someday. Um, if it falls in my lap and, you know, it, maybe, um, I I just want to, I think working with younger kids for me is more impactful and beneficial from my end, just because I like to share my passions. I like to help people out. I like to help younger kids out, you know, you know, grow their passion for it and get better at things. And, um, or my my little neighbor next door too. They wanted he wanted to get in hockey as well, and I I took one of my sticks and cut it smaller for him. And um, he's always over my house shooting pucks and stuff like that. And I think just those small impacts for me make me want to work with younger kids and you know help them out and get their get their young career started. Wow, that's awesome. Now, who would you say? Uh, I got an idea for off the ice or on the ice, I should say. But who would you say are the 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 pe the people that the person that impacted you the most on the ice, as in like a coach or yeah, coach, general. player, teammate, whoever. 
you know? I'd say my dad. Really? If that's, that's a good answer. Yeah, my dad. So, um, obviously with him, he'd always, he'd always give me the criticism. He'd always give me the, the quirks of, you know, doing things I did good. And, but he's, he's the guy who made it happen for me my mom too. And, um, they were the ones that were driving me to morning practices at 6 a.m. They were driving me to tournaments. They gave me the opportunity to play such a good sport. You know, I, I couldn't have done it without them, obviously. And they were, they were my biggest impacts on my career. Um, obviously, coaches aside and players and teammates. But they were, the, they were the two that made everything happen for me. And that's something I'll never be able to pay back to them just because of how many friends I made, how many cool tr- trips I got to go on. You know, I went to Niagara Falls, Toronto, all those cool places, and that happened because of them. So I, w- I always took their criticism as, as it was, and my dad was always my biggest fan. My mom was the biggest fan, and that's just something you can't ever pay back to, you know, two people that are most important to you in your life. Wow. That's, that's, that is a very good answer. Um, now, you know, you, you've talked about, you know, the tight-knitness of everybody and stuff. Uh, do you still keep in touch with any of the guys from either TC or UT? Uh, as far as uh, just in general? Oh, yeah. I mean, you always see those guys around at the rink. I mean, you know you know how the ice house works. It's very tight-knit. Yep. You know you know everybody there somehow, some way. And um, the, Cherokee, the Cherokee guys, I, I haven't – I don't talk to you too much. But obviously, if I see them – like, I just saw Tyler's like the other day, and it's like – you show up, you see him, it's like it's the old times. Um, mm-hmm. As far as the, the UT guys go, obviously, I'm only one year out, so I still keep in contact with them pretty well. We still have a group chat. Um so, yeah, I mean, it, like I said, you're, you're at the ice house. You're going to see guys, you know, no matter what time you're skating, who it is, you're going to see them. So, and, you know, obviously I like to take this time too. you know, one of those guys that was a big impact on me as a younger kid was Sap. Everybody, yeah. everybody loves Sap. Sap was, Sap was a man. Um, it was one of the worst, worst days of our lives as a Cherokee group when he passed away. Um, mm-hmm. I was on the, I was on the team that day on, the, on that year. So, um, he was a big impact on me, though, just because he always, you know, he show up to the rink. He's like a he's like a father figure there for everybody. Yep, best way to put it for him. And he'd be on the we get on the bus after uh, even if it was a bad loss or a good win. You never know. First, gotta give you a fist bump. Or he, he did something wrong at the rink. He's gonna tell you, "Come on, man." Yeah, that's the one that's the one thing you remember, Sappy. He always told you how it was. And, um, yeah. So Sappy, Sappy was a good guy, and I, I had to make sure I talked about Sap a little bit because, like I said, he's like a father figure that rink, and he always will be. Oh yeah, I, I always refer to the Ice House as the rink that Sap built because uh, that's you know, what I, I mean, Yep, because there were other guys that helped. Sure, there were Lee Ekman, Mike Ben. There were several different guys, and they were instrumental also. But Absolutely. I always call it. But I always call it the house that Sap built because uh, that guy was just playing flat out crazy about the sport and all the things that he did to help kids especially kids who couldn't afford to play yep. you know they didn't have the money to play hockey uh because that's an expensive sport he still helped you know yep. and that that that's that speaks volumes about what kind of guy sappy was and and it also says a lot about uh you know the the kids that that knew him you know you know that foundation that they had with him and now, you know, you guys are taking it and running with it. So, you know, I mean, that's, that's a, that's a, I can't think of a better tribute to that guy than to say all these different players that played that remember him. Uh, they don't, they don't forget him ever. Mm-hmm. Nobody does. So can't forget Sam, you know, never. no, not a chance. And, and guys like him and Steve Pisani, you know, those are very, very rare jewels that you, uh, you will find. And, uh, 
you know, deeply missed. And uh, again, their impact, not only on the game, but on the people that played the game around here is felt far and wide. So can't, can't say it any better than that. Well, Nick, uh, before we go, um, I wanted to ask you too here. um, The game, as you see it now, uh, do you see, uh, you know, talking about growing the game, what would you do? Would you change anything? Would you, what would you do as far as doing something to help the game grow? Uh, whether it be at a local level, uh, even if you uh, had a chance to say something to somebody at the, at the NHL level, uh, would you do anything to try and change the game or do you see the rules as good as they're going to be? Well, I mean, here's the here's the way you look at it now. I mean, the, the game is changing. You know, it's changing more from a physical standpoint. And obviously, you see guys like Connor McDavid, these guys that are just full of speed and and skill. You're not you don't see too many of those biz nasty Paul Bissonnette's in the NHL anymore. Um, so obviously, the game is changing. It's more so of uh, you know guys that are smaller starting to play. They're starting to get make the NHL. Um, look at guys like like Mitch Marner. Um, so I I guess the game is changing in a way too because around here a lot of the hockey players are smaller. You know, obviously our generations were kind of built on bigger guys, but now you look smaller guys in high school now. And but I, I'd say everything everything should stay the same. I don't think anything should go away. Uh, obviously, I heard news they're trying to take fighting out of hockey, which they never should do that. No, because that's I the agree. one. That's the one thing you can do that'll you know let tempers you know cool down if something happens. You know, mm-hmm. um, otherwise you're gonna start seeing more checks from behinds, that kind of dirty stuff. Stick work uh, uh, like nobody's business. Look yeah, at look so, at college. You know, yeah. college is a great game. Don't get me wrong. It's a great game. But the stick work, people, you know, don't always talk about it, but the stick work that goes on, uh, it's, oof. So, and you don't want to see that, you know. No. They, they, it, they're able to get away with it, too, because, I mean, they wear cages. You right. Know? They pretty much wear cages. So you don't have to worry about getting a stick in the in the nose or in the eye or something for the right. most part, you know. So, but, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think I think I like your outlook. I really do think that's something that, uh, you know, that is would be good for the future of the game is to keep it. You know, we're doing we're doing the right things. You just keep you know, you don't go too crazy. Just you just kind of let it go status quo and it'll keep. And I think just introducing more kids to this game would be will be, right. you know, and that's where Absolutely. guys like you come. That's where yeah. guys like you come in. OK, well, before we wind her up, uh, is there any questions you have for me uh, or anything that you um as far as something that may have happened back then that you're wondering about or uh, just any general question. I, I, I don't always have the answer, but I, I always take a stab at it. So I don't have many questions, but, you know, uh, I said, I just want to thank you for having me on here. Cause I mean, it's, it's really, it's really cool to have something like this. We have the old chair guys come on and talk about it. Cause not many guys can do that, you know? And uh, so I wanna, first off, I want to thank you and mm-hmm. um, thank all the players I played with and coaches, especially, you know, I try to let some guys out, but, um, that made a huge impact on my life. And ho- for me, you know, for younger kids that are listening to this and stuff like that, everything I learned from hockey transitioned me into the guy I am today and it will help you transform into the real world. A lot of, the, yeah. a lot of the traits I learned from hockey are, are helping me get a you know a pretty good job right now. So that's one thing you should do is, is not take advantage of the sport you're playing and listen to coaches that you do have, because they will teach you life lessons. So that's, that's my biggest thing is take what you get from hockey and run with it because it's, it's, it's better than a lot of things you ever experience in life. 
This is so very true. And you, yeah, you just took my next question, which was I was going to say, if you're going to talk to Cherokee Nation, what would you say? Well, that I can't top that. So you, you knocked it out of the park, Nikki. So I appreciate that. Now, um, as far as, uh, you know, in the, you know, in the future and stuff, we're going to have a reunion. We are going to put together an alumni game. I'm sure, uh, probably forgot younger guys like you, uh, but uh, we're, that's the goal. So we, we're going to do that. And uh, we're going to have basically get everybody together, go watch a Cherokee game and have a couple pops, laugh and tell toss, toss stories. You know how that goes. But uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'll get better. Uh, I'll get uh, stories. Uh, I'll get stories that uh, probably weren't uh, good for the pod, <clears throat> as you said. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, so I'll, I'll hear one or two of those uh, back when we get together at that point. But I thank you so much for doing this with me. And, uh, hey, we'll stay in touch, and uh, we'll talk soon. I appreciate you having me on. Thank you so much. Hey, thank you. Well, that's going to do it for Episode 46 here of the Cherokee Podcast. Big thanks to Nick Verbosky, uh for doing this. And uh, don't forget, we uh, new episodes drop every Wednesday and Saturday. Just subscribe to your favorite uh, uh, podcast uh, software, and they'll notify you when a new episode will drop. So for Nick, I am Mick saying thanks, everybody. We appreciate it. And we'll talk to you soon again on the next edition of the Cherokee Rewind.